In Jesus's day, in first century Palestine, mustard plants grew wild and were throughout the countryside, a common sight. And mustard was harvested as not only a condiment as we use it today, but also as medicine. These mustard plants could grow sometimes to be almost six feet tall. And that's why Matthew says, and he may be, or has Jesus say, and Matthew may be having our Lord exaggerate a bit in this parable, that the mustard seed that would grow to be six feet tall is kind of like the kingdom, the kingdom growing to become so obvious and tall and present that even the birds of the air would descend and make nests within that plant. That may be an exaggeration. It's hard to, to imagine it literally being so. And perhaps that's why in Mark's gospel, which scholars think is the oldest, the original gospel, Mark has Jesus say simply that the birds of the air will make nests in the shade, in the shade on the ground around this mustard plant. Regardless of who's right, that doesn't really matter. This parable, like most of Jesus' parables, are for the imagination, to stir our imagination. In this case, about the mustard seed, it's not to supply data about plants in first century Palestine. The very first time that I held a mustard seed was actually in the Episcopal Church when my children were little bitty, um, smaller than mustard seeds, mustard plants. We have a program in my parish then, the same program that we use now at the cathedral called Godly Play. And one of the stories that are given to the children in Godly Play is the story of the mustard seed. In every Godly Play story, there's some material, some thing, such as a, a cross or a plate for bread or a chalice for wine, and in this case, a container of mustard seeds that are passed around to each individual child so they can not only reflect upon the, the mystery of this little story, but can touch it by opening the container and looking at what a mustard seed actually is. When I did that for the first time, I was shocked at how small the mustard seed is. It is tiny, and it's so tiny that it's actually hard to hold, and you need to hold it, or I had to hold it in the palm so I wouldn't drop it, and I can see it and look at it. It's so tiny that if you did drop it, you'd have to get down on the floor or down on the ground, down on your knees in order to find it and locate it. And that seems to be a part of the point of why Jesus tells this story. For children, or for the young at heart, it raises the question for us, what are tiny things, insignificant things, than the grand scheme of God's economy, of God's kingdom, of God's presence, are in fact really big deals. Jesus' own life is a kind of parable, even a parable of the mustard seed, that is, a parable of small things that make a big difference. There are so 
many examples that come to my mind of how Jesus uses or does something small, seemingly insignificant in light of reality. But in fact, the eyes of faith is a big deal. One example comes from John's gospel. It's the feeding of the thousands. Jesus commands his apostles to give them something to eat. They have nothing. They question among themselves what in the world they're going to provide for thousands of people. Finally, Andrew says to Christ that there is a boy who here, ha- here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But Andrew says to Jesus, what are these, these small things among so many, perhaps thousands of people? And these small things, the five loaves and the two fish offered by a child, are what Jesus starts with. Another example of small things in Jesus' life and ministry. At the heart of what scholars believe are his three years of public ministry, only three years recorded in the Gospels. At the heart of that public ministry are big things like healings. There are a lot of small things like the conversations that Jesus consistently had with people who were ignored, or marginalized, or viewed as unimportant. Individual conversations were an essential dimension of of Jesus' own ministry, a huge piece of what became his own imagination as he saw how close, how near the kingdom of heaven actually is to people and to his own mission and his own closeness to people. These conversations are recorded in the Gospels. But in three years' time, he had many, many, countless more that certainly were not recorded in the Gospels, most most of which are lost to history, but, as we say, are nevertheless known to God alone. Small things, small things that in the divine economy make all of the difference. This mystery of the mustard seed resonates, I believe, with our own lives. We're often duped into thinking that it's only powerful things, powerful people, things that are a big deal that make all of the difference, when in reality it's just the opposite, that God uses and society needs countless numbers of small things to make it what it is. Two weeks ago, the Reverend Canon Broderick Greer had a conversation with Adri Norris for a special Dean's Forum. It's on our St. John's Cathedral YouTube page. It was an outstanding conversation Broderick had with Adri Norris. Adri is the muralist or artist behind the Black Lives Matter street mural that is on Broadway, and it's, it's a profound work of public art. I encourage you to go see it or at least look it up online. It's beautiful and moving and provocative. In this conversation, Adri and Broderick talked about a number of things. They talked about big things like the desperate need we have in this country for better legislation. But they also talked a lot about 
what might be viewed as small things, the role of art, for example, in the Black Lives Matter movement, the role of, of oral tradition of storytelling, as Adri called it, and the role of memory, the power of memory, just remembering who we are, our spiritual ancestors who inspire our works of justice, beauty, and truth. In my own life, another example of something small comes to mind. In our family of four, we have um, Catherine and myself and two children, and one of our two children is a hugger, touchy-feely, you might say, and, and communicates just profound feeling just by the laying on of a hand on my shoulder or a hug. And I think about when this child hugs me that it can just almost seemingly transform my day and remind me of what matters most. These examples of mustard seeds in our own life, society's life, are, are an invitation, just like Christ's parable, for each of us to think about the small things, if we're honest, that make the biggest difference in our own identity to how we feel and who we are. And therefore, is an invitation to think about the small things that we have to offer to offer to those around us who are closest to us, or to offer to society as large. Remembering that small things in the divine economy make a big difference to the eyes of faith. Two priests who used to work here a couple of decades ago, the Clifts were great priests and theologians and thinkers and teachers. They both died now, God rest their souls. And one of the stories that Wallace used to tell, he loved the story, I'll share with you. I thought about it this week with the parable, the mustard seed. It's an old Hasidic tale. Some of you who've been at St. John's Cathedral for a few decades may remember him telling it. The story goes like this. A person asked a rabbi, Rabbi, why is it that no one hears the words of God anymore. Rabbi paused and after a few minutes of silence and reflection said, nowadays no one will stoop that low. Nowadays no one will stoop that low. If we drop that tiny mustard seed, the only way to find it is to get down upon one's knees and paying close attention to the ground, literally to what makes us humble and grounded, which is what hummus of the dirt means. As it was with the parable of the mustard seed, so too it is today that if we are to hear the voice of God and to touch the kingdom of heaven, We've got to get lower, remembering that heaven is found in what is very small, so small as to be ignored more often than not. <laughs>